Welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa McEntee. And Lisa, we have been back now for a couple weeks since our um, little sabbatical we took. Yep. And, and for me, one of the best things was really kind of getting back to be really being mindful and really like recapturing my attention. Absolutely. Mindfulness, just being aware of what's going on, being mindful, being yeah. mindful of of life and the people around you. It just creates so much more flexibility and and a whole lot less stress in yeah. our lives. Yeah, and really it's like your mindfulness or that your attention is really managing your attention mm -hmm. and it's the one thing that you can control. And so, Lisa, what I thought would be fun, we kind of talked about this, is we've come up with what we call the eight traits of a mindful leader. And we thought it'd be fun maybe for the next four podcasts, we're just going to kind of pick it apart, have a conversation and talk about some of these mindsets and some of the things that we have discovered, um, really, because I think it's super important for you to really be mindful of your attention, create mindfulness so that you really go out and manage yourself and really manage your team. And so that really is the purpose. So Lisa, you want to start with the first one and kind yeah, of talk so about? Yeah, so the two uh, traits of a mindful leader that we're going to talk about today are not playing the victim and not delaying action. Perfect. So mindful leaders don't play the victim and mindful leaders don't delay action. Yeah. Um, so when we're talking about um, not being a victim, we aren't talking about victims of abuse, right? Good, victims good of wrongs, mm -hmm. victims of crime. That's... Yeah. That is that is a true definition of a victim. Right. We're talking about the mindset of, of victimhood. And um, it's almost those people that feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't have any choice. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's nothing I can do. I'm just sort of in it. Right. right? So victims, they always have a story. Really? There's always a story. Um, victims feel like they have to prove something. Victims feel like this is just my lot in life. This is what's happening. And they always share their story. Yeah. They right? show up They show up in defensiveness um, and things just always happen to them. And, and almost, that's victim, vic, kind of victimhood. Yeah. And almost like leaders can show up that way too, mm -hmm. right? When they sort of go out and they blame their team. Right. And, it, and the reality is, is that, you know, what you do flows out of who you are. And if these things are around you, then it, like there must be something in you. So as leaders, I think it's important that, oh, we don't blame our teams. Right. Even. Okay. So the different traits of okay. of being, having this victim mindset. Um, so victims, they believe that they're not responsible. They are hmm. not responsible. They have no moral and they have no ethical responsibility in this situation, in this environment. Okay. Um, and they, this is completely the road to disengagement. So they're not responsible morally or ethically. It's, it's completely out of their hands. And so they disengage because if you have no part of responsibility in this, then what's the important, what's the point of engagement? Yeah. And at least, you know, one thing I was talking about with a client just yesterday is this whole idea of having self-directed teams. Mm -hmm. And I think this idea of victimhood is what really destroys some of that self-directed because, well, I can't be self-directed because, you know, I'm, I don't have any control. I don't have any power. Mm -hmm. and, and I think while it's true, you don't have any power over some of the events, you're ridiculously in charge of your response right? and kind of owning that response and owning your behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So don't disengage, engage and take some responsibility. Another aspect of uh, victims and victimhood is that they believe they have no choice. Okay. That there's there's that's no choice. You mentioned it yeah. just a second ago. Things just happen to them. They have no choice. They happen to them. It's extremely disempowering. There's no choice versus an empowering stance where this is how life is. 
this is this is just part of being human mm. and I'm going to roll with it and I'm going to jump in I'm going to take responsibility or I'm going to have take responsibility for my part. Yeah. Well, Lisa, kind of speak to this because I know you have some wisdom in this is like, do things happen to you or do they happen for you? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like this victim mentality. It's like everything happens to them. But people that are really victors and creators, they go, okay, this happened and maybe I couldn't control it or just, but how can I use this? Right. Almost like how can I use in a disadvantage to be in an advantage? And sometimes I think victims, they, they want everything to be fair. And a little bit, it's like, it's never fair. And even the bad things maybe that happen to you, like the, the experiences that you have, it, you can realize, hey, I can use that for an advantage. Oh, it might be unfair that I came from this situation, but how can I use that, that I perceive unfairness, how can I turn around and use it as an advantage? Almost like, at least with my upbringing, right? Well, mm -hmm. my, my father went to prison, what was 15, 16, right? Right. In, right in that. And it's almost like, hey, you can look at it as a disadvantage, and go, oh, poor Dennis. But, you know, I can step back and go, you know what? Nobody in this room has ever had a father go to prison. Hmm. How can I use that as an advantage? I speak to a different – from a different perspective. I can benefit from even that experience, mm -hmm. even something that's negative. While it didn't – I can't control, you know, that, but I can almost use it for my benefit. But if you're always a victim, it's like you can't even utilize some of the negative things that happened. Absolutely. And things happen to us every day. Absolutely. They, but it's not setting in that, well, it just, it happens to me and, and I have no part. Almost like, how can I use it? Mm -hmm. Even if it's maybe a person. Even if it happens it. to me, yeah. how can I use it? I, I got hit. I was in a car accident. It happened to me. I had no part. I was no fault. But what can I, how can I utilize this for my good? Right. It's like, how much I can use it so it's mm -hmm. for me and mm -hmm. just flipping it around and you actually extract the value out of every experience. But I think victims sometimes, they, they go through a negative experience and with that mindset, it really stops your learning. Right. Because you can't learn from even some of the things that you have no control of or have no power of. But I think people that are real creatives, like they learn from everything. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to the next one, um, kind of traits of victims. Victims believe there's nothing they can do about the situation. Okay. You know, there is always something you can do and your choice abundant. Mm -hmm. You can always, there are multiple multitude of choices that each one of us have every day with the situation that we've been given or yeah. with the pieces that we've been given. Yeah. And those choices are always either a consequence, mm -hmm. a negative result, or a benefit. Right. And so how we decide to respond, how we choose to respond to what's happened to us could be positive or negative. We have the choice of what happens as a result, yeah, a, a negative result or a positive result. Yeah. And it's almost like, am I choice abundant or choice poverty, mm -hmm. right? Do I have choice poverty or do I have choice abundance? And really it's your choice. And it's just a mindset. Mm -hmm. It really, it almost doesn't matter what's happening outside of you, but it really what matters is what's happening inside of you. And you can take what's inside of you and use it to recreate and reframe the situation. It, it, like we like to play a lot of cards, mm -hmm. right? Just any kind of like card game, we, we play a lot of cards. And we know that it's typically never the hand that's dealt, but it's how you play the hand. Mm -hmm. It's how you play the hand that you're dealt. Yeah, how do, not, how you, the, not the hand that you're dealt, but how you play it. Yeah, and I think one of our boys, we were talking about it, and I told him, I said, hey, it's – it's not the cards; it's the player, <laughs> right? Or it's. I think hey, you're playing, talking about golf, right? You're talking saying, about golf, right? Well, I also it's the same. It's like, hey, it's not the clubs; it's it's the player, 
right? And, and that's true with everything. And I think the thing, because I, I have a music background, I know that my music teacher always told me this idea that it's not necessarily the instrument, but it's who's playing the instrument. And so how many times do we blame the instrument? Uh, we blame the golf clubs. We, we blame the cards that were dealt. And it's never that. It's like, yeah, you can't do anything about that, but you can do something with it. And I think that's the whole key of really getting rid of victim mentality. Right. So these two things that you can do with a victim mindset or a victim mentality. So we, we're talking about mindful leaders, yeah. mindfulness. And how to increase your mindfulness. How to increase your mindfulness, mindful leadership, um, how to be a mindful leader. One thing is is to change your language. The first key, that is the first key to changing your beliefs and kind of what's going on. Your internal dialogue really matters. At least we talk a lot about this in Emotionally Intelligent. So if you go to emotionallyintelligentcourse.com and we'll put a link in the show notes, we have practical frameworks that you can get to actually help you through this and really become more of a mindful leader. Because when we're talking about being a mindful leader, we're really talking about monitoring what's going on in the inside of you so that you can use it for your benefit. Right. And one way to kind of do this is, is like with language. And so at least something that people don't, maybe not everybody knows about us, but we spent eight years in, in Eastern Europe. We spent a couple years in Germany. We spent six years in Poland. and Lived there. Lived there. Not just hung out. Right. We lived there, had our children we born there. there. Right. We, li- right. we really lived there. <laughs> we were there. Um, but one thing, Lisa, that we discovered, and we, you and I have talked about this, is this idea of language and that language defines mindset. And language almost like defines culture, right? So as we're learning German, fascinating language, um, hundreds of rules in the language, but where it deviates from English is there are no exceptions. It is a very- The rule is? The rule is the rule. And it's a very systematic, it's a very logical language, right? They have these words when you put them together and you go, of course that makes sense. That's a perfect word for that, right? It's a very logical, systematic language. And you know, Lisa, what we discovered is that's kind of how the German people are. Sort of their superpower is they're a very practical people, right? Their cars are practical, their house, everything is practical. And when you think about it, I mean, some of the best appliances, some of the best manufacturing, some of the best automobiles, they come out of Germany, right? Right. They're great manufacturers, they're great engineers, just on a whole as a as a people group, right? I know there's like there's- I mean, we just had a, um, oh shoot, what's the name of it? I don't even know what you're talking oh. about, a car? No, a baby seat. Um, uh, I, child, I don't even know. Anyway, hey, we're we're, just, we're live. Okay, we don't even got, know what these words are. It just got delivered yesterday, <laughs> and it was from, high chair. Thank you, high chair. chair. It was just go. delivered yesterday, and it comes from Germany. It's a German live, brand, <laughs> not rehearsed. It comes from Germany. It's yeah. a German brand, yep. and it is. Um, and I bought it. Of course, I looked through the reviews and different things like of that. Course. But I bought it because. I knew it was coming from Germany, yeah. and I knew it's just really practical. It's it's going to be a quality product because that's how the German people are. That's how the German language is, and your language really matters. And your language is a reflection of who you are. Well, or your language is a reflection of what you be or what you believe, right? It's mm-hmm. Inside, sorry right. to cut you off. No, there. your language is a reflection of who you are, mm-hmm. and the German people are really practical. The German language is practical. The things that they produce are practical. You know, every impractical German is now going to like write something back to us and say, "Hey, that's not true." Listen, as a <laughs> as a whole. And then, so one of the things yeah. that we talk about with our internal dialogue yeah. is something that you developed called Quitfar. Yep. 
Can you explain yeah, that? So, exactly. So it, it stands for questions, and all of your questions drive your thoughts. And your thoughts drive your feelings, your feelings drive your actions, and your actions drive your results. And it is this process of how your brain works that everything is based on the questions you ask. And we have like a list of questions that we gave in Emotionally Intelligent Course. So if that's something that you're like, hey, I want to know more about that, just go to the website and you can really learn more about mm -hmm. that. But it's this idea is that your questions drive your thoughts. Right. And really many times victims, they're just asking the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of times they're asking questions like, oh, why does this always happen? Why does this happen to me? Why do I always blank, blank? like instead of like stepping back and being more proactive with your questions and just asking a better question almost like how can i improve right what's a possible solution what's another idea for this what else could this mean right we we, we go through hard times and we go oh this will always happen to me why do bad things or why do bad things always happen to me right and it sends me down this spiral hole of victimhood or i can step back and go hey how can i use this experience to propel me even further Right. And it's Absolutely. the same experience. It's the same thing, but it's two different questions. And so it's two different mentalities. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're talking about the German people and just how practical. And then we, we moved a couple hours to Poland. Mm -hmm. Now, what's fascinating about that? A lot of rules in the Polish language. But Lisa, how many exceptions are there? A lot. A lot. There's an exception. There's five exceptions for every rule. It's almost how it seems. And But that's how the Polish people are. They're a very creative people. They're always like workarounds. I mean, some of the best composers, some of the best artists, uh, they're Polish, right? Because it's a creative language. And so they have this creative mindset. And they're a creative people. And yeah. the things that they do and how they behave are creative. Yeah. And, and so the, the whole idea really is, is that if you, the fastest way to change a belief is to change your language. To change your language. Absolutely. So the first thing you do is you change your language. And get rid of victim vocabulary. Right. And then the second thing is to change your internal dialogue. Okay. So so talk about that. like because that's, that, that's the quit far. Right. Okay. So and really, this is all about like how you, per how you perceive information, right? Because it's this, you know what's interesting is that nothing has meaning except the meaning you give it. And when we have situations that we put a negative meaning to it, it really is a negative mindset. You and I have just been working through that and talking about that in a lot of different situations, right? It's like I put this meaning to this certain behavior and it could be not even be true. Mm -hmm. It's not even accurate. But the fact that I put the meaning to it totally determines my mindset with it. And so it's this idea that nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. Right. So that's that's one. So we want to talk about victim mentality. And then the next one is really like not delaying action. Mm -hmm. So mindful leaders, they don't stop, right? They don't delay action. And, you know, every outcome is really based on an action. This is why we tell people all the time, you are ridiculously in charge. You are ridiculously in charge. You're in charge of your behavior. And if I don't like my outcome, I got to step back and just change my actions. Right. And this is why we shouldn't blame our teams. If we're not happy with our team outcome, don't blame our team, right? Just and don't delay action. It's like just take a different action because every action creates an outcome. I, I mean, we, we talk about like, you know, weight loss, right? And my weight, it's like, it's really, it's, it's an outcome. It's an outcome of certain behaviors. And so I can't get mad at the outcome, but I can step back and, and really change, change our behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the next one is that really this drama is really a gap. It's all this drama happens is a gap between this is my expectation and this is my reality. Now, when we say that, we're not saying lower expectations, but continue to shorten the gap. You know, at least one thing we talk about in the course is the, the one expectation you cannot meet 
is the one that's never vocalized. Right. And so what, how, give, me, give me some ideas and some, what do you, what do you think about, cause you're really good at clarifying expectations. I mean, a lot, many times a lot better than I am, I think. Um, so you're asking me what it means to voice an expectation. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have something that you need done and there's a certain outcome or a certain result you need, right. then it's simply voicing that. It's simply saying, um, could you please take the garbage out? Right. Yeah. But the expectation is, and this is why this is the this is the this is the information that's under the table. Could you take the garbage out? It's a little stinky right now, and garbage <laughs> right. comes yeah. in the morning, so we need to take it out tonight because it comes really early. And if we don't take it out tonight, it will. Um, it probably won't make it because realistically, it's supposed to thunderstorm because there's a hurricane going on, and we're not going to want to run out there in the morning when it's pouring rain. And so could you please take the garbage out? Could you take it out tonight so it can be picked up in the morning? And you're so good at like just really creating that context. And I think sometimes like we delay action because we don't know the whole context. I mean, we've seen that with even team members Mm -hmm. is they've delayed action because they didn't totally understand the context. And I think as mindful leaders, we got to step back and go, okay, I'm not going to delay action. But also, I'm going to like frame the context for myself, right? Because a lot of times I delay action when I don't know the context, or sometimes I don't even know the con- consequences, mm-hmm. or I don't perceive the pain of the consequences, and I'll just sort of procrastinate. And, and I think we have team members, and so I think it's just good for all of us to step back and go, you know what? I'm not going to delay action, right? I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to, you know, it's like hey, this is what we've got to do, and so I'm going to step in and do it. And that's what that drama is found in the gap between expectations and reality. It, so if we have an expectation and we simply don't voice it, and I say, could you take the garbage out? And then tomorrow afternoon you do it, you completely missed my expectation, but why did you miss it? You you took the garbage out. That was absolutely what I asked you to do, but I didn't voice the expectation that there's more information, there's more time frame involved yeah. in just, hey, taking the garbage out because you're patting yourself on the back saying, yeah. I, I did it. I remembered. I took the garbage out. That was great. And I have that unvoiced, unmet expectation. And, yeah. and, so, and then I'm mad about it. Mm-hmm. Well, so think about this, Lisa. If it's an unvoiced expectation, doesn't it sort of just become a fantasy? Right? It's this picture in my mind that I've never communicated, and so and it's not reality. And, and th- the thing about it is, is I can't get mad about a fantasy, mm-hmm. right? I can really only like really look at reality. So really, kind of closing that gap, right? And continue to just move reality and move expectations closer and closer together. And the first way to do it is is really voice it. And, Absolutely. And, and then also, you know, one thing that mindful leaders do is they practice what we call SOS mm-hmm. feedback. And so this is the way to change. It's the way for all of us to change. And this is how we all change is that many times when we give feedback, we sort of like put the cart before the horse. And the way that we kind of put the cart before the horse is we come in and we go, okay, we're going to give feedback because we got to solve it. We got to fix it. We got to fix this issue. We got to. And really, if people don't do the first two steps, so it's SOS, it's see it, own it, and then solve it. But if you start with solve it, it's sort of like you're just trying to clean up a spider web and you never get to the spider. It's like you clean up the web and then two weeks later, the same thing shows up and then you clean up the web and then the, and we always want to come down and go try to get to the spider where we have a particular person that we were just talking about right before the podcast. And we're talking about different situations um, that are happening and, you know, we're going to have this conversation down the road, but it's not going to be about all these situations, but 
because those are just the web. It's like, let's get to the spider because if we can get to this spider, then it, it'll it'll fix a lot of these other things. And and this is was not just here, we're going to solve it. Right. We were talking about it. First, we need to see it. And when we say we need to see it, see it, own it, solve it, you need to see it. But you also need to look at it from all the different perspectives. Yeah. Because you were beginning to solve this issue that we were yeah. talking about based on what you saw, but you didn't have all of the information. You yeah. didn't have, you didn't see it from someone else's perspective. You didn't see the other things that were going on. It's all of the other underlying activities, currents, conversations that happened. And with that, it's a better picture. Yeah. So you want a 360 view of what you, you're seeing before you begin to solve it. Because when you have the 360 view of what you're seeing, then you can own it and each person involved can own their part yeah. because we have a full picture and then we can begin to solve it. And so this is really the key to feedback. It's really key to being mindful is continuing to see things. Mm-hmm. And, and if, Because if I can't see it, I can't change it. Right. And if I can't see it, I, I really can't solve it. And, and I know even working with, with teams and with different leaders, how many times do leaders go out and they start to communicate a problem and a team member will say, well, what's the problem? And I was like, whoa, you, you first, I'm trying to solve something you don't even think is a problem. And this is where being open-minded yeah. and teaching, teaching our, our team and teaching ourselves to be open-minded and to be mindful is, is super valuable. Yeah. And, and so I think the question continue as a mindful leader is like, okay, how am I showing up? Mm-hmm. Right. And you and I have had multiple conversations, even the last couple of days of, I, I get this feedback and it's really just information, mm-hmm. but it, but I'm just, I'm amazed sometimes, huh, that's how I show up. And I know you've had that same thing. You're like, that's how I show up. And it's just information, right? And sometimes it's like, it can be true or not true. But I think great mindful leaders, they really have this ability to go, how do I show up? And I'm just aware of how I'm showing up. And this is all involved in not delaying action. Absolutely. Because when you see something, you're you're shown, hey, I am showing up this way. Mm-hmm. Then you you confront it. Yeah. And you have to care enough to be able to do that. And, and this this whole idea of, so you see it, then you got to own it, and then you'll solve it. Mm-hmm. And really, the, the key to that, you're right, is really just caring. And I think you have to care enough to confront. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just talking to um, a, a lot of leaders in healthcare, and I, I said something controversial. Of course. I, of course, right? I, it, it happens in meetings. Um, but I made this statement because I know how to frustrate a caregiver is to tell them they don't care. Right? Because to, it's to, not to help, true. They truly do care. Right. But if you think about it, if I care enough to confront and I'm not confronting a situation, it could be I just don't care enough about that situation. And I think we have to care enough about people to step into some of the hard places and have the conversations. Or and sometimes it, we care too much about how we're going to be perceived. Yeah. And so caring enough to confront is, is caring more enough caring. about the person. Caring enough about the other person and the yep. situation and not being so careful of how you're going to be perceived or what other people are going to think. Yeah, and typically what happens is like so negative things happen and people sort of tend to run away from them. Instead of I do. Yeah, instead of running to them. And a lot of times we delay action that way as leaders or team members. It's like, oh, this. And so we, we had a particular client in um, Indiana, Lisa, I remember this, uh, is that it, it, was a, it was a healthcare client and they were getting a lot of service complaints, right? It's like a lot of negative That's reviews. That's never good in healthcare. Right. And so, it, it, and they just, and everybody's, everybody's sort of like 
burying it under the rug. They're trying to hide it, trying to cover it up. And they totally flipped the game. And so we developed this little game that we started to play and we called it Negwaus. And here's what it was. It was like, it was the assignment of team members and they would just play the game. How many Negwaus can you get this week? And here's what it was, is something negative happened and how did you create a wow out of it? Mm-hmm. This negative. And so instead of getting upset about the negatives, people started to report, hey, I got five negwows this week. I turned, this was negative. Hey, nobody even knew about it, but I just turned it into a wow. Hey, they were a little upset with us, but I just flipped it around and, and I did this. And it's this idea that it, it was negative, but instead of people running away from it, they just started to run to it. Instead of delaying action, they just created this game where it really changed the mindset. Right? Even that language, negwows, it totally changed the mindset. Well, and part of that, too, is that if you are being praised because mm. something negative happened yeah. and it could have been your fault mm. and you yeah. turned it and you turned it into a learning wow experience, yeah. then what you're doing is you're being celebrated for maybe a failure on your part because – you turned it into something to celebrate. And so when we frame things, when we frame negative situations, when we frame things that maybe it's something negative that a client that happened, an interaction with a client, and instead of coming down on it and saying, okay, we see it, we own it, we solve it, what are we going to do about it? It's, okay, this happened negative. I had this interaction with the client and it really went south. And this is what I did. This is kind of how I redeemed it. This is what we as a team did. And we really wowed it. And we wowed them. Or or maybe we couldn't solve it with that client. Yeah. But as a result, we set up a whole process or concept of what we do in the future, which became a wow because all of our clients in the future are going to receive such a huge benefit from this negative. And that was a neg wow because yeah. Even though I really blew it or something bad happened, I turned it and this is what we did and or we turned it as a team. And, and it goes back to this whole idea of language, right? Mm-hmm. Just reframing it with different – almost like you know, when something happens, hey, what did we learn from this? All of a sudden, it's just we have just flipped it and we're not the victims because I'm – if I'm a victim, I can't learn. And – I'm not going to delay action if I can't learn. So this whole idea, don't play the victim and don't delay action. Um, And honestly, you can't have a neg wow if you Mm -hmm. delay action. Because at that point, you have delayed it so long past where that really, that true pain point is Mm -hmm. that it's really hard to have a wow to fit it. And then, you know, what happens when we don't, fix or learn from history is we just, we just repeat, we it, just over repeat again. it. And how many people, they, they don't have a bigger future. They just have the past rehashed over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Lisa, this was fun. Listen, if you want to know more, we have a brand new five module course. It's over 30 lessons on some of these very topics right here. How do you become more mindful, manage your own emotions so that you can be less reactive, more strategic, and really more interactive with your team. And we dive in really deep with Quit Far that we talked about um, in how to just handle those thoughts and harness those thoughts, those external and those internal thoughts. And that's all at our course. Yep. So emotionallyintelligence.com. Emotionallyintelligentcourse.com. And so we'll put it there in the show notes for you. But Lisa, for for you, what was the takeaway from today? Negwow. Negwow Mm. in that we care care enough to confront Mm -hmm. and we have to do it within a reasonable time frame. Yeah. Because if we don't, we can't get the wow out of it. 
That's really good. I, I think for me, it's this idea of changing language. Because mm-hmm. I've realized I become very harsh with language at times. It's like very extreme. You? with language. It happens, right? It has been known to happen. And so really just stepping back. And I think I have to be more aware of the language that I use because sometimes I use extreme with language. And it really frames the context in not quite the best light at times. So I'm going to kind of step back and work on it. But thank you for being with me today. It's Absolutely. nice to be back in the studio. All right, listen, thank you for everything. And um, we'll put show notes and all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. 